On this Pentecost Sunday, the church will end the 50 days of the Easter season. Saint Athanasius referred to the 50 days of Easter from the Sunday of the resurrection to Pentecost Sunday as one feast day, indeed as one great Sunday. For the past 50 days, we have recalled the time the risen Lord appeared to his disciples, culminating in his ascension and the Holy Spirit coming down upon the church, gathered in prayer in the upper room at Pentecost. For me as a convert and as a deacon in the church, Pentecost Sunday holds a special place in my heart. You may remember way back in February during Lent when both Father Pete and myself preached on the Eucharist and our conversion to the Catholic faith. At that time, I mentioned that I was raised in the Pentecostal faith, with some used to refer to as holy rollers. I will come back to this spirit-filled aspect of Pentecostalism a little later in my homily. Coming from a Pentecostal faith experience, you can see why I have a great love for Pentecost Sunday. The other reason for my love of the Feast of Pentecost is that when I was ordained a deacon the day before Pentecost Sunday, the first Mass that I assisted at, I also preached for the first time on Pentecost Sunday. And now here I am, 12 years later, preaching on Pentecost Sunday in my home state. What a blessing to be back to my roots, so to speak, here in Wyoming. When I think of my roots here in Wyoming, I also think of my roots to the Pentecostal faith that I was brought up in. It was in my Pentecostal upbringing that I developed a love of the Word of God, the Bible. That love of sacred scripture has not changed, but has grown since my conversion. Another love that I was raised in the Pentecostal tradition was a love for the Holy Spirit. That love of the Holy Spirit has not changed, but it has grown. It has matured and deepened since my conversion. I mentioned earlier that those in the Pentecostal faith were tagged as holy rollers. This term is sometimes used in a derogatory way, might I say sometimes in a condescending way. But I can tell you that from my experience as a Pentecostal believer, I never saw anyone who had the inner experience of the Holy Spirit then roll on the floor during a worship service. Most of the time, these experiences with receiving the Holy Spirit were quite controlled. Speaking in tongues was one of those inner experiences of the Holy Spirit. Being slain in the Spirit was another phenomenon where there was always someone present to catch the one slain so that they did not injure themselves as they collapsed in the Spirit. And there are several more manifestations of the inner experience of the Holy Spirit, but I'll only mention one more. It is the gift of tears. Upon uh, being baptized in the Spirit, so to speak, there is a virtual flood of tears. But these are tears of joy, not sadness. This phenomenon, the gift of tears, the inner experience of the Holy Spirit, was known in the ancient patristic tradition of the Church and is not exclusive to the Pentecostal and Catholic charismatic movements. So let us look at our first reading from the Acts of the Apostles. This is where we hear in a powerful and a mysterious way the Holy Spirit descends on the upper room at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit comes from above in the form of a strong, driving wind. And we hear the Holy Spirit descending in the form of tongues as a fire on each of them. Then the text reads as follows. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them to proclaim. At the end of the first reading, 
after all those devout Jews gathered in Jerusalem from all over the Roman Empire are amazed and astounded to hear the apostles speaking in their own languages of the mighty acts of God. We don't hear the next two verses, verses 12 and 13. And these two verses are as follows. They were all astounded and bewildered and said to one another, what does this mean? But others said, scoffing, they have had too much new wine. It is at this point in the Acts of the Apostles that Peter stands up and delivers the first sermon at Pentecost. Peter explains to all the Jews staying in Jerusalem that these people are not drunk, as some had observed earlier, but their behavior is a fulfillment of prophecy that the Spirit of the Lord would renew the face of the earth. In the patristic tradition of the church, St. Cyril of Jerusalem writes that those who thought the apostles were drunk at Pentecost were correct. They were mistaken only in attributing that drunkenness to ordinary wine, whereas it was new wine pressed from the true vine who is Christ. The apostles were intoxicated, yes, but with that sober intoxication that puts to death sin and brings life to the soul. Similarly, St. Augustine said of the Holy Spirit with the following, he found you empty and he filled you. I like this kind of intoxication. The Spirit of God is both drink and light. This term sober intoxication seems to capture the mystery of what happened when the Holy Spirit came down at Pentecost and what still happens today when the Holy Spirit comes down. As a former Pentecostal, my understanding now of the Holy Spirit has broadened to know that we each receive the Holy Spirit in the sacraments of baptism and confirmation. The supernatural grace we receive in these sacraments is life-giving, which is what the Holy Spirit does throughout the history of the church. Unfortunately, many Catholics are unaware of this coming of the Holy Spirit. It is this as if this coming of the Holy Spirit at baptism and confirmation transpires on an unconscious level without it being noticed, so to speak. This stands in stark contrast to those Pentecostal and charismatic renewal movements who have an inner experience of receiving the Holy Spirit, which involves one's whole being, the lifting and clapping of hands, ecstatic faces, smiles, tears, speaking in tongues, and other phenomenon. Most Catholics and many Protestants have trouble accepting the results of these charismatic experiences of those filled with the Spirit. Having experienced the charismatic experience of the Holy Spirit as a Pentecostal and as a Catholic, I can testify to the power of the Holy Spirit coming over me in a way that is hard to put into words. It is an intimate, personal experience with the Holy Spirit, but it was never private always with the community of believers. But it is in this reception of the sacraments as a Catholic that we see the fullness of the Holy Spirit and come to know the quiet and lasting power of the presence of the Holy Spirit that come through the sacraments of the church. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of us through sanctifying grace that we receive at baptism and confirmation, an indelible seal on our souls. Brothers and sisters, we need to fully understand that the Holy Spirit is present in the sacraments in a super abundant way and that we underestimate the power 
of the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. We hear from St. Paul in today's second reading a list of the fruits of the Spirit, which are not extraordinary charismatic gifts, but these fruits of the Holy Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. St. Paul ends this second reading with how the Holy Spirit works in our lives when he says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also follow the Spirit. And in the Gospel today, Jesus gives his disciples and us today the promise that the Spirit of truth will guide us to all truth. Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit becomes a reality on Pentecost Sunday. That Spirit of truth received by those gathered in the upper room at Pentecost is the same Spirit we received at our baptism and our confirmation. So let us live by the words we heard from St. Paul. If we live in the Spirit, let us also follow the Spirit and live by the promise of Jesus given in the gospel that the spirit of truth will guide us to all truth.